And we're here until 8 o'clock in Sydney and we're here until 7 o'clock in Brisbane. 131873. You can email me at uh, 2gb.com, 4bc.com.au and all you've got to do is click on the feedback icon. I'll get to uh, the sport too. There's, um, of course, Nick Kyrgios headed down to Melbourne. Hey, we'll see if we can find our, our mate uh, Craig Gabriel. He'll give us a take on uh, all that's happening in Melbourne tomorrow as that tournament kicks off down there. Well, it doesn't kick off. It's a tennis tournament, but I think you know what I mean. Uh, we'll get Craig's take on what will happen day one. Now, allegations against Gold Logie winner Craig McLaughlin through the week are a r- reminder of the a rash of workplace sexual harassment claims in the media and entertainment industry over the past year or more. Actually, I'm sure it's the case in, in every industry, aren't you? These allegations seem to follow a pattern An employee, usually female, makes an allegation, followed by similar allegations against the same man by another woman. The accused man denies everything and accuses the complainants of seeking fame and fortune, both. Often others then come forward and you know how it plays out. Now, in many cases, women say they complained to human resources staff at the time if there was such a department, but their complaints were treated lightly not acted on, and of course the organisation declares that it treats workplace allegations with the utmost seriousness and places the highest priority on workplace health and safety. Yeah, right. Now, the McLaughlin allegations were preceded in this country by allegations at Seven West Media, and most notably in the US by the Harvey Weinstein case, cases involving Fox News journalist Tamara Holder, Uber engineer Susan Fowler played out, of course, similarly last year. And, of course, uh, it's not just McLaughlin here. There have been comments about Don Burke and others. Now, I thought this week we could get uh, to chat about the importance of human resources within the workplace, almost as a reminder to employers and employees of what to do when allegations of harassment of any kind occur. On the line, Peter Wilson, chairman of the HR Institute. G'day, Peter. Good evening, Luke. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for your time. I guess uh, we didn't really need this to reinforce the importance of appropriate uh, HR departments within organisations. But if we did need reminding, this is absolutely uh, the reminder that would just jolt us all into action. What should we uh, what should we expect rather from a human resources department, management, etc. at work? Yeah. Well, let, let me just start with. The two simple propositions in employment law that we need to be mindful of here, and these cases are a salutary reminder of what we should be doing. The first is that employers have a responsibility to provide a health and safety and fit-for-purpose workplace for the people they hire, and employees need to prepare themselves and present in a fit and proper way and undertake fair value for the pay they get. Um, The problem that you get, um, and we've seen it in media entertainment and also in politics, where the security of employment is very low uh, and the power structures are very imbalanced towards employers or to indeed the lead figure in charge, whether it's uh, a principal executive or a producer like uh, Harvey Weinstein. There, of course, uh, you have problems and often you don't have an HR department or one that's very weak, but where you've got an organisation that looks, you know, what what we expect in in most uh, countries, particularly this one, there's usually an HR department where there's 100 employees or more and they have to safeguard those principles of how the employer provides a safe workplace and how the employee presents and, and conducts uh, their work for, uh, for a wage or salary. Right. 
Right. Um, so the HR person really is like a mediator there to put the position between the, the, how the employer should act and how the employee should, should act. Where it breaks down, as we've seen in a number of the allegations that have been made, is that where the power structures are so hard, so, so inflexible and so dominant, the HR department has been accused of being basically uh, subservient to the needs of the employer mm. and not uh, reflecting or representing well the, the uh, needs of the employee. And I, I look, the best evidence I saw of that was, uh, and I won't, I won't name the case, but it did involve... Uh, a television employee and the and the human resources person allegedly on the telephone was effectively um, giving the employee the flick and taking little or no account of uh, I will say her um, gripe or, or complaint and I, I just thought well you know why even be there just get the boss to ring and uh, or get someone else to ring and, and, and sack the employee there was no interest no. in it seemed to me in the welfare of the employee no, and, and we've had break with all professions you have breakdowns on proper standards and that, that's a classic case of where the profession I represent uh, nationally in Australia has broken down right and that's not okay um, and you get it in, in marketing with inappropriate uses of funds or the CFO signing off accounts which are a bit dodgy I mean all professions have a breakdown point and this this area brings right into the focus how certain HR professionals have conducted themselves. What do you do about it? What's at the headwaters of getting the right sort of behaviour? Well, the first thing we say is um, there have to be clear policies uh, available to all employees as to what is and isn't acceptable, and bullying and sexual harassment is not acceptable, full mm. stop. But mm. it needs to be written down on the website, wherever it needs to be, in employment contracts. And secondly, you need to do some training on what's acceptable uh, and what isn't. But the best, the most powerful techniques that I've seen in workplaces where these instances aren't strong, they're really evident, where they actually do training of employees on where have you seen signs of harassment around here, um, what have our people been subjected to that you know of, what have you seen, what have you experienced in a, on a no-names basis to win confidence and then ultimately to build a picture of where the problems are. Yeah. And then basically um, they provide your sort of your red-hot points where you can get some interventions and proactive attention because this sort of behaviour requires proactive attention before the thing gets out of hand mm. where um, a, an employee can feel confident, go to an HR manager and say, I've been experiencing this sort of behaviour. You've trained me that this isn't acceptable. Here's what's going on. I expect you to, to broker uh, a negotiation with a person that's uh, uh, causing offence to me and, uh, and we need to work through an outcome and, and this piece, the person needs to stop. And okay, so... A lot it, of the time, a lot it, of the time. But, yep. but every now and then you get an imbalance of power, a weak HR department, and you get, you get failure and then you get social um, you know, broadcast of what's happened. Of course, so... Um for example, a listener would say to me, well, that makes very good sense, I accept all of that, but the reality is, in my workplace, this person is so dominant, um, so important, whatever, that if they don't like me, I'm, I'm stuffed anyway. Wouldn't matter how I wanted to broker a deal, um, the future ain't rosy. What do you say to those people? Because I hear from a lot of them. Yeah, look, that's that's also um, a seed point of where you get failure. The, the toughest people to... Um manage are those that are high performers in terms of their objectives and demonstrate very low values. And not just HR departments, but CEOs, boards basically tolerate these people. And now we have uh, the Australian Securities uh, and Investment Commission saying we are going to hold boards responsible for culture. And I'm personally applauding this initiative because I think mm. boards and CEOs are responsible for the culture of the organisation, how it works, 
and to tolerate high performers that are actually terrible people in terms of their conduct and behaviour is no longer acceptable. Mm. And the experiences we've seen the last year and a half of these cases is, is manifest of, of how things can get out of control and mm. really mm. Uh, where, um, you know, it, it basically offends uh, social values and, and, uh, and indeed criminal uh, criminal justice system. So yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is something that needs to be um, assessed very quickly by organisations and I'm sure you were saying before it's a salutary sign. Many organisations are doing their own um, due diligence now on how good or how bad are we? Are we uh, giving our people vent for... Um, for basically surfacing the concerns they have and giving them confidence to come forward. And the ones that are tolerating the bad behaviour because certain bacon has brought home, you know, uh, against objectives, but they're actually horrible people, that's where the ticking bombs are. Yeah. And I'm afraid we haven't seen the last of these instances. And HR and HR I'm sure you're right. broker it, but uh, yeah. for a settlement. But sometimes the power balance is too much for both the employee and the HR department. And my advice to both is, well, find yourself a new employer because <laughs> you're in, a, you're in a, a situation that's going to explode. Yeah. All right, time's got us. I'm sure we'll speak again, Peter. That was most enlightening. I appreciate your time on a Sunday very much. No worries, Luke. Good on you. All the best to you. Bye-bye.